You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something paranormal, a cryptid like Bigfoot, a UFO, a ghost, and you'd like to share your story, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Before we get started tonight, I want to make a big announcement. The proof for my art book arrived sooner than I thought. It appeared out of the ether. (laughs) The book is called Apparitions, Illustrations of the Other. It's got what I think are my best illustrations of various paranormal subjects. It's got stuff pulled from my other books, but a lot of other stuff that isn't in those books besides. A lot of stuff I did for the podcast and for other projects and so forth. It's bigger than my other books, not Mm page-wise. It's 100 pages, lots of illustrations. It is... Eight by ten and a half, so it's a little bit... Oh, a little bit smaller than the standards. But it's bigger than my other book, you know, because it's artwork. I Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure it's a little bit bigger format. Mm -hmm. Most of these drawings are produced at the actual size they were drawn at. Some of them are are a little bigger, actually. So it's a much nicer printing, I think, than the other books as well. The other books are... They're fine for for book, but for the illustrations, this is like um, better contrast and um, more appropriate for the artwork, I think. Yeah, and I go into all different kinds of... uh, different subjects in here. I'll just read the the different things. Uh, big section on wild men. That's Bigfoot. The Albatwitch, Toad Man, Mothman, Werewolves, another big section on Ghost Revenants and Other Undead, Owls and La Lechuza, The Wendigo, Der Ewick Jaeger, Witches, 
Trotterhead, the Brucalock, Der Scratten, Graveyard Rabbit, Witch Rabbit, Flannel Man, Orbs. I have a section on hex mandalas, which are little, like, sort of mandalas of protection I kind of made. And then a whole section on saints as well, where I have both folk saints and... More traditional saints. Yes, church-approved saints as well I've drawn. So, like I said, it's it's 100 pages. It's a square-bound paperback. I'm trying to get it on Amazon. This is not printed by Amazon like my other books. So this is going to be available right now through us and maybe not on Amazon. Again, I'm, I'm trying to get it on there. But the best place to get it is directly from us right now. I'm taking pre-orders. Books will ship in October or early November. You can get them at our Etsy shop. Again, that's shop name Lost Grave. You can look up Strange Familiars too. It should come up. You can also find a place to pre-order it at strangefamiliars.com. Is this going to be part of like an ongoing series, like a topical thing? Because I know you have... I've put number one on the spine. I'm expecting there's going to be a second volume at least. I'm going to keep drawing and most likely <laughs> they're going to be paranormal drawings. So yeah, I think this will be part of the series. The first 75 copies of this, the first 75 people to order it will get a trading card, a Bigfoot trading card with all new artwork that I've designed on it. There's only a few of those left. I think at the time we're recording this, there's 15 of those left. So hurry up and jump if you want to get the trading (laughs) card. I will let you know this is going to be a series of trading cards that are going to be incentives for things in the future. So they're going to be numbered. So this is number one. Next thing I do, you know, be number two, it'd be a different trading card, et cetera, et cetera. So if you want to get these trading cards, uh, jump quickly because, uh, again, they're going to be an ongoing series as well. Again, the book's called Apparitions, Illustrations of the Other. Right now, it's not on Amazon. I'm hoping it'll be on Amazon. I don't know what that process looks like. I'm getting these actually printed up, sent here. You uh-huh. know, So we're going to have the books here like in hand. The ones, when you order my books from Amazon, they don't really pass through my hand. Uh-huh. You know, you're ordering from Amazon. So you're making work for me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be packaging a lot of things. Yes, and and you don't even have to ask to get it signed. Any of these books that come from Strange Familiars, Dark Holler Arts, our Etsy shop, I would just automatically sign them. So you will Sounds get a, good. you will get a signed copy no matter what uh, if you get it from us. Very very excited about that. I have to say, super impressed by the proof. Yeah, the printing doesn't look like a print on demand kind of thing. It looks like well, a, it's, it's yeah, it's not print on demand. Yeah. So this is very very nice printing. It's, it's a super happy with it yeah like the cover like when i'm looking at it in the side it looks like you know like an old school sticker like where you see it almost looks like it's embossed you know like oh, it yeah, isn't but it like yeah, it has that kind of quality it's just a real nice cover i just super impressed with the printing and they got it to me so quickly honestly i've been talking about it on the show i thought well it might be up by christmas or something or, yeah maybe. it might be coming out around the same time as where the footprints end volume two which in a way wouldn't be good it'd be kind of confusing mm-hmm. so i'm actually super happy this is coming out now so yeah uh, so it should be out like just around halloween it's kind yeah. of perfect for that yeah it's a lot of spooky stuff in here if you need that last minute halloween gift Hey, and who doesn't? <laughs> so if, if you like the artwork I've done for my books or you like the artwork I do for the podcast, this book is full of it. It's all my black and white stuff. There's one color piece on the inside cover. It's just the way the printing company works. You get color on, on the cover inside and out, so I figured I might as well take advantage of it. So there's one color piece on the inside cover. Everything else is my black and white illustrations, uh, most of my pen and ink stuff. So if you like my artwork, go ahead and pick this up. Apparitions, Illustrations of the Other by Timothy Renner. I've heard you said that people have had requests for certain types of shows. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I wanted to say that I am working on 
a historical show, which I had wanted to do this week, but as is the way of my people, <laughs> I got rather gun shy and decided that the whole thing needed to be revamped. So, well, adding more information is a blessing and a curse with us. It's hard to know when to stop. We never stop researching. Yeah, and I just felt like it was incomplete, and I didn't want to do a disservice or make it seem rambly. So um, we'll have a mystical, historical romp. Probably next week. Probably next week, if I can get my stuff together. No no promises, but probably next week. I am working on a humdinger of a show for number 200. Wow, no one uses that term. (laughs) I feel like right. maybe in our in our old age, it's taken on some new meaning that we have yeah, no idea. Yeah. And like, it could mean something entirely different. Some, something horrible. Something horrible. We're like, I didn't know that's what humdinger meant now. We're like, oh, yes, that's what it means. It is not the follow-up to episode 100. My plan was to take... So your mom did more than just interview Philip Smith, the power doctor. Mm-hmm. She also interviewed a lot of other pe- local people at the time. Every uh, older relative yeah, of mine. Older uh, people about their recollections mm-hmm. of powwow. My thought was to take those and transcribe them and digitize them, and we will make those interviews episode 200. They're not going to work. Old people like to have the TV on in the background, I noticed. <laughs> there's, there's TV on in the background. There's some annoying there's, children. <laughs> <laughs> Allison and her sisters as toddlers in the background. <laughs> And the one, she's at the senior center in Glenrock, and you know they're not being quiet there. They no. got stuff to discuss there. So there's a lot of background noise. I think I will issue it as a patron episode. Mm-hmm. If you can discern what they're saying, it's really fascinating. Well, but part it, of the problem is that York County accent. Again, it honestly, I didn't realize it's one of the most difficult American accents for me to understand. It it, really, when it's it, thick, that York County accent. And also, I think they're, it, um, the older people. And I don't know if they just have like a little bit of like leftover German dialect in the way that they. Yeah, I'm sure there's a little bit of of the Pennsylvania Dutch really, thing. Just they'll say <laughs> these are people that are like you know maybe 50 years older than me, or maybe you know in the case of like my older neighbors that my mom interviewed, they were 70 years older than me, but they seem like they're from another planet <laughs> and a totally different time. I it's like it's a hard accent. Yeah, it really I, it's, it's it's hard to decipher. But because of the audio problems with that, I, again, I think we're going to put that out as a patron episode. Mm. When you can figure out what they're saying, it's really fascinating to hear um, the take on people who lived through that time period. And mm-hmm. My old neighbors who were, like I said, they were 70 years older than me. They were kind of like grandparents. And the one lady, she talks about her experience with knowing the people involved in the in the Hex murder. Right, yeah. These are people yeah. who were contemporaries with. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what they're saying is super interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just a little hard to decipher and a little bit, um, the audio quality is a little bit, a little bit iffy. I cleaned it up to the, the best I could, but I just decided in the end, probably not episode 200. We probably won't use that for episode 200. Yeah, maybe even just for copyright reasons, because there's probably like an old um, episode of Emergency or something <laughs> on it, like the highest volume that TV can go. <laughs> So, that said, I have something else I'm planning for 200. I'm super excited about it. I'm trying to find... Some of the key players in the story? Yes, anybody involved, because it's a case from the 1980s. It's really, really hard to track people down, but it is super fascinating, and it's very strange familiars. Hmm. I think that's going to be episode 200. I think I might even get some help Another guy from another podcast who said he might be interested in helping me with that. Could Is this be... part of the League of Extraordinary Podcasters? Yes. In any case, I think it'll be a good episode 200, and that should be coming 
well, we're in October now, by the time this is published. Mm. I think that'll be in November, episode 200. We've got the historical show you sort of hinted about. We've got another historical show that's uh, kind of a true crime thing, also has ghost elements. It's a local history thing we're going to get into. I think I'm going to get to interview one of the people that um, when we answered our questions about who we'd most like to sit at dinner with, I think I'm going to get to interview one of those people who is not a reincarnated Henry Miller. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a living person. A living person. Someone who's you've mentioned a certain, at least a couple times on yeah. the podcast before. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. On tonight's show, we're going to talk to Chris. Chris is the brother-in-law, or I guess ex-brother-in-law, of a previous guest. And if you guys remember the show on the Capre, that was the Bigfoot creature in the Philippines. Ira. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great story. Ira was on. This is Ira's brother-in-law, and he's going to tell us of an experience at Little Crater Lake in Oregon that he had with Ira. They went camping together and had a pretty harrowing experience of getting screamed at by something. Later in the episode, we'll come back after that, and I've got the story of Running Bill, the graveyard wizard. Wasn't that one of the things that you wrote down, like, in your high school thing of um, occupations you might want to have? Graveyard wizard. Graveyard wizard. (laughs) It should have been. Yeah. (laughs) This is a Springhill Jack-type character in America, so we'll hear about him. I got a short article, actually two short articles about him. We'll hear about that after we come back from our interview with Chris. Let's go ahead and get to Chris's story of the screams in the night. Tonight we're talking with Chris, who heard some strange screams a while back at Crater Lake, I believe, and we're going to hear his story and find out the strangeness that happened around it. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing great. You can just go ahead and walk us through the story. My name's Chris. I'm in my mid-50s. I've lived in Oregon most of my life. I grew up in, you know, I, I was a Boy Scout, so... I got camping experience that way. I went camping with friends in my 20s up to Mount Hood National Forest. Uh, And then Ira, who I'll refer to later as well, who was with me, you know, from my email, told the story of the Capre when he was in the Philippines. Yes, he was on the podcast. And and at one time, my sister was married to him. So I've known Ira for 40 years. And I've actually camped out before with him when it was more of a family camp out, way back when, when we were all a lot younger. And I worked security, so I worked nights. So I'm used to being up at night. I don't usually frighten easily. You know, I, I, like I said, I've camped out before. But it had been a long time since I had been camping. Probably a good, I want to say 15 years, because I just, the thought of sleeping on the ground didn't really appeal to me anymore. I get that so much. <laughs> my, well, my, my investigation partner, Chad, wants to camp out all the time, and it's just so hard <laughs> on me. It's, I'm, I'd love to do it, but just sleeping on the ground is just, just not fun. Right, right. Yeah. And so Ira came back from the Philippines and stayed at my house for a while till he got settled, uh, which was eventually in Mount Angel, which is about 20 miles east of here. So I'd even put some closer to Mount Hood and course, the woods along uh, the Clackamas River and all that. So he, he still liked to camp, and he was 
telling me, oh, we should go camping, we should do this and that. And, and uh, in the meantime, I had also a year earlier had gotten a, a little dog named Toby, who you just saw on Zoom before we got started. <laughs> I sent you pictures, and he'll bark at anything. So right now he's sitting on my lap. But he doesn't like fireworks. And I kind of live kind of in a north of downtown area that I don't want to say it's a war zone, but during the 4th of July, there are a lot of enthusiasts. Oh, my goodness. I know 100% what you mean. <laughs> my, my neighborhood, it might happen while we're talking tonight because they're, they're preparing for the 4th of July here. Right. And it started up, as a matter of fact, yesterday at some flashbangs and some other stuff went on and he actually crawled underneath the covers of the bed, popped Aww. his head out and looked at me like, is it safe? Oh, and so uh, the first year I was home with him, it was really tough. I had to play background music and try to just, you know, get through the night with mm -hmm. him. So I said, okay, well, let's go camping, get away from, you know, all the fireworks, all the noise. And I said, really not sure where, it's been so long, but he, he has a lot of time. You know, he's retired. So he looked it all up, and we went to uh, Little Crater Lake, not Crater Lake in Southern Oregon, but Little Crater Lake, which is not a really big lake. It's about 100 miles east of here. It's about 45 miles south of Mount Hood. But the water from the picture I showed you, it's like, I think they said it's like 37 degrees. It's caused by an underground uh, channel or something. But it's the water's clear. It's like a mirror. Mm -hmm. You can look through and see the reflection, but you can't swim in it and all this. So I went, oh, okay, sounds good. Let's go. Got, you know, got loaded up, went up there. And, you know, you travel down some dirt roads and some potholes and that sort of stuff. And the campground itself, it's kind of a circular campground. There's like, um, I think there's 15 or 12 sites. And pulling up, I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, there's a, a marsh that's about not quite a half a mile. And then you get into the woods and then you get to Little Crater Lake. But the campground where you were was stable ground. And there's kind of a, one of those raised bridges that goes across kind of weed marsh thing, you know. Mm -hmm. That's man-made. And uh, we're breaking camp, and I picked my spot. I picked his spot, and he's wandering around. He says, you got to see this. And, and I didn't tell you about this in the letter, but there was a pentagram drawn out on, in a big circle between the trees on the ground. And there was mm. a rock in the middle with, like, flower offerings. And on one end, there was, like, a, a tree, and they were like, Looks like little sticks covering like a little whole knoll towards the bottom. I've never seen a pentagram in my life other than like, I don't know, TV or, you know, maybe an album cover or something, you know, from Rush. Right. right. I, was, I was thrown, you know. Iris says, well, that's taboo. Don't, don't put your tent there. And I go, well, no, no, no doubt. <laughs> and I, what, I was didn't it want... Was it like drawn on the ground with something or yeah yeah like with a stick mm, okay uh, like they had just kind of drawn it on the ground uh looked like it'd been on there for probably since the last campers did it mm -hmm. and so uh 
I thought about it for a little bit because he was just going to leave. And I said, no, that's not me. I'm not going to leave this thing. I'm not sleeping with this thing. Up and at it. I said, heck with it. I just took a stick, you know, picked the flowers through those, just kind of, you know, basically kind of trying to wipe it clean. Without using my hands, because I was a little superstitious, I thought, well, that might not be the, you know, but I thought, well, let's just do that. And so that was odd. And we got all set up and we hiked around and saw a clear lake and such. And, and it's just a nice area and had a good meal that night. The nights were cold up there. It was about 37 degrees at night. Uh, and this was in, the, in July. You know, wow. Daytime was nice, you know, sunny. It was like 70s. But at night, it got really cold. And uh, first night, no problem. And the uh, next day, which was the fourth, the campground kind of filled up. There was more people. There's about... I want to say six dogs besides ours. So there's probably about eight dogs total in this campsite and probably almost every one of them was filled up. There might've been a couple that were empty, but they were pretty filled up for the most part. There was even a couple who had a baby next to us or a little child, but it must've been really young because you could hear it crying mm -hmm. different times. Yeah. So we uh, went out hiking went up to uh, Little Crater Lake, and then about four miles, I want to say southwest of that is Timothy Lake, and Timothy Lake is much bigger. Uh, you could swim and boat in that, and we, we walked all up around there, saw a nice campsite. We'd also see a missing persons poster on our way that we hadn't seen right, right away at first, and Saw a really nice campsite up there, and I was just like, wow, but it was way off the beaten path, you know. Well, it was actually right near, next to the path, but it was it was a ways in. It was about halfway between Timothy Lake and Little Crater Lake, and I thought, gee, younger days, if I could hike in here, I that's where I'd go. Yeah. But yeah. we're, I don't want to say we're old and worn out, but we're not as <coughs> young as we used to be, so... I we left that stuff behind, and we, uh, oh, there were joggers going by, uh, you know, even college-looking, I don't want to say kids, but, you know, uh, jogging, their, you know, headphones on, and people walking their dogs, and, I mean, it wasn't super crowded or anything, but there were, there were people out and about, you know, it wasn't, you didn't get the feeling like you were by yourself or anything. Mm-hmm. Then uh, And you could see the boat docks on the far end of Crater Lake or of uh, Timothy Lake where they had probably some kind of a, they had a boat dock and they probably had some kind of lodge looking thing it looked like uh, or some kind of building. Then we went back and, you know, had, had a good meal. Ira took it easy on me. He didn't throw in all the hot stuff, which he's famous for and <laughs> kind of melted me the first night. And we stayed up, and he told me the story of the copra. And, and he told me some of his experiences in the Philippines. And he's, he's been around. And so I, I tried to tell him a few of my escapades, which are, I don't know, really not all that great, but I know fun. So that night about, and we got to dinner, about 10 o'clock, there were some kids 
probably two carloads in these four by fours. And they were tooling around the Mars, kind of four buying, you know, and they were big tires and they got in and out. And about an hour later, they show up and they can't find the keys. And I heard this one gal arguing with a couple of her friends and saying, you know, I can't find my keys, blah, 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 blah. Would you go up to the lake with me? And so they went up there in the dark and flashlights went. And then about, they came back and after about 10 minutes, uh, one of them found the keys, I guess in the car or whatever. And the guy was all (laughs) upset and, and they laughed and I got kind of a laugh and I thought, Oh, good. Now all is quiet. I can get nice, you know, sleep. And and Toby had been, uh, I didn't have a really uh, warm enough sleeping bag. So he had been sleeping up near around my uh, my stomach. You know, he's hypoallergenic. So, it, you know, he's really clean. So it's it, it's really nice. That's a good thing about, you know, half poodles. So we were asleep probably, I'd say, about three hours. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, we were awoken by a scream that was kind of low-pitched, but had a lot of volume to it. I mean, it was like it was like being back at a heavy metal concert and like hearing... Have you ever listened to Judas Priest? Sure. I saw him in concert when I was really young, and Rob Halfred had a scream that didn't really break pitch. I don't know. I haven't heard him in a long time, so I don't know if he can still do that. But this thing didn't break pitch. And it was, it sounded angry and it sounded, to be frank, pissed off. And I was just like, oh my goodness, you know, what's going on? And Toby immediately crawls up and puts his head in my armpit. Hmm. which he had never done before. And normally he would bark if something like that happened. You know, I played sounds from before that, well, my sister sent me a video one time of a cougar and a couple things, and he'd bark, and, you know, he'd hear something on TV like that, and he'd bark. But this, no way. I mean, it was just so loud. And I'm trying to decipher, okay, how far is it? And I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's up at the lake. Maybe it's farther than that but I mean it just sounds so loud and of course it's higher up but then I'm thinking okay I'm on the ground but I don't know if it's from a ridge or or just what and I thought well maybe I should try to record this get my cell phone you know uh, it was around and a coat pocket or something but I just couldn't get myself to move you know I mean I, I had Toby in my armpit and I'm just I'm on my back and it's like I had this overwhelming fear of like making a noise, wow. of, like drawing any attention to myself. And after about, and this lasted about 17 seconds. And then it stopped. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And I'm listening, going, okay, well, there's no other dogs barking. There's no commotion. In my neighborhood, there'd be somebody yelling to, you know, be quiet or right. shut up or something, you know. And then, and I couldn't hear if it was moving or anything like that. And then it starts up again after about a three-minute break. Same noise level. Same 
you know, low but yet just piercing type of screech scream, you know, and I just go like, God, what did we do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, you know, there's safety numbers. There's campers around you, you know, it's not like you're by yourself and, but they're not making any noise either. And it's going on. And I, you know, I could kind of feel at that point that it's just kind of like, you know, no, I don't want to use the cell phone. I don't want to look for it. And just just like, it's almost like a, a verbal abuse. I mean, you almost start to cringe. Like, you know, when you're a little kid and, and the people are like down from you, like a teacher and they're yelling at you point blank, you know, why didn't you do this or that? It was that kind of feeling like, you know, you're powerless mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it, and it's, it, and it's kind of hurting you. And this went on. Well, and now he barks at somebody outside. <laughs> <laughs> so you can hear he will bark. I'll go in another room here. But and then it would stop, you know, after 17 seconds for a few for for a few seconds. And then it started up again. And it did that. And about by the about the fourth scream, you're just like clenched. I mean, my my knuckles were clenched, my toes were clenched. I, I'm like, you know. I don't know what we did, but God, I'm sorry. Just go away, you know, because I can't, there's no way I can confront this thing. Okay. You know, the power behind it was yeah. just such that it was just like, this is out of your league. You know, this is not something that you're meant to deal with. You know, this right. is something that you just, you know, sit down and, and, and just lay there and be still. And, it would stop and then it would start again. And it, you just, and it, it got the feelings inside just got worse to where you're just fighting. It's going to be okay. It's going to stop. It's going to go on its way. You know, everything will be all right. By the sixth scream, I mean, I'm Bradley crying. I'm just like, God, just go away. You know, I can't, you know, I, I you know, I, I mean, I don't have a gun, but even if I did, and I didn't have Toby, I'm, I wouldn't want to go out there. Mm -hmm. And by the seventh scream, I mean, it just racked, uh, just feeling like you spent, you know, 24 hours with drill sergeants just screaming from microphones at your point blank. And, and it never dropped pitch. I mean, it was just a solid scream. Uh, it just, I never heard anything like it except like at a heavy metal concert, and it wasn't that kind of noise. Right. I mean, okay. this was just obviously not human or animal. And then it stopped after the seventh scream, and I kept waiting. You know, you just kind of wait, okay, when's it starting again? Right. Is, is, is it moving? Nothing. And I was so relieved, you know, that I, you know, I almost felt like crying or laughing because, <laughs> you know, you feel like I, I survived this, you know, and right. stopped and, and I just went to sleep. I was so exhausted. It's all I could do. You know, I was just worn out. Huh. 
And I woke up a couple hours later and had to go to the bathroom. You know, I had to relieve myself. And I, I had to pick Toby up. And, and he, of course, he did not want to get up. And so I had to hold him and, you know, do my thing. And then I get back and I sleep a few more hours. And I get up and I was up at the camp, you know, and he's got the fire going. He's cooking breakfast. He's getting ready to cook breakfast, making coffee. And he's just like, well, let's just do toast. And I go, we started talking about it, you know, and the fact that, you know, maybe we should talk to the neighbors. And he said, they, they left. They took off. Huh. Every, you know, I, I mean, the campsite was pretty empty by the time we left. I didn't see anybody. I I think a lot of people left really early. Wow. And did it pretty quietly because I don't remember hearing any commotion about it. It just odd. And it was it was kind of overcast. It was getting kind of a rainy type of morning. And we left and I thought to myself, there's no way I could have drove out here drove back in the middle of the night with all the potholes and everything else. And I mean, unless you've got a serious, uh, uh, you know, off-road rig with the big, huge lights on top and, you know, everything else. Cause it, you know, the road's only so well maintained to a certain point. So Toby sleeps on my lap the entire way back, get home. Oh, he's more than happy to sleep. I slept for a while. Get up. And I start searching around YouTube, you know, looking for sounds. And Toby's barking at some of the sounds I'm playing, you know, uh, moose and bear and cougar and, you know, all kinds of different weird stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, is this really what I think it is, what I thought it was out there, and what it might be? And I started playing voice recordings. And, there aren't a lot of great ones out there that are clear where nobody's really talking. Mm -hmm. That one from St. Louis County, Minnesota, even though it wasn't a solid stream, was that kind of vocal. You know, I could I could hear resemblances in the in just the kind of the kind of pitch and the kind of vocal from it. But it didn't sound angry like the one that we heard. So I'm listening to it, and I, I got the window open in the fan because it's hot in the you know in here. And of course, I'm I'm only like five blocks from downtown, so I mean I'm I'm in the thick of a grid anyway, an electrical grid. And I thought to myself, you know, why am I playing this kind of loud? And I look up and there goes Toby. Gets off the bed, walks right over to the corner of the house. I don't know if you saw it when I had the zoom on, but I've got a chair that's in the corner. And some people crate their pets. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got a chair in the corner between couches, and that's his chair. And when he feels like he's got to be defensive or, or he wants to corner himself for safety, that's where he goes. And oftentimes when I leave, that's where he goes, is he'll go and sit in that chair. Because I don't like crates. I, you know, I, I have a fenced-off area that I've used for electronics and stuff, but uh, I don't like to crate. I don't like to crate them. 
So I talked to Ira and I sent him that video and he said, oh my goodness, that's it. And he said, you know what? Mike just left the room. Huh. Put his face, he's looking at the wall. Oh, and I wow. go, wow. I said, yeah. <laughs> and uh, For those who don't remember, Mike is Ira's dog. <laughs> right, right. And Mike and Toby became really good friends when they were out there. And, and Toby would follow Mike. It was really funny because at times Toby would go in front and Mike, would, if Mike stopped or it, Toby got a little scared, he'd go right behind Mikey. So they get along really well. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of tried to relate it to a few people, when I, but I kind of got, yeah, ha, ha, yeah, it's probably this, it's probably that. I realize it's something you, hard to explain if somebody really hasn't experienced something like it. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have gotten it on tape, but even though I didn't, I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. I've listened to it at night on the job. And it took me a long time before I could listen to the whole thing. I just, I'd get a halfway and I'd start thinking about that night and I just, I had to turn it all off. Wow. See, even, uh, even talking about it makes me feel really super emotional right now. Um, uh, you know, some kind of um, mountain lion screaming. I'm not saying that's what it was or elks going off or, or moose or whatever explainable thing they don't tend to make people feel that way. You know, even, even wolves howling, they don't tend to put people in that kind of state. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's also just the sheer, you felt like it was far, you know, a reasonable distance away. Like probably the marsh was between us. It may have been a half mile. But it was so loud that the concerts I've gone to, if I was in the front row, it would be like that kind of loud even from where you were even from your tent yeah even from where we were wow. i mean this thing let out and i asked ira i said you think it was po'd or do you think it was like trying to warn us because it was like moving through or was it the people who came up earlier and it wanted to move through and it didn't want anybody encountering that or I, to me, it just sounded super upset, but if its goal was to keep everybody still, they did a good job. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody made a peep. So, Ira, I, I, obviously, he did hear it as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
as a matter of fact, he's dragging me up to Mount Hood National Forest in a couple days. And we're going to go on some old logging road and camp in the middle of nowhere because all the campsites are closed. And I want to face my fears. I don't want to live in fear over this. Mm -hmm. But I'm also decided that I'm going to, I have a fairly big sized vehicle and I'm going to, I think I'm going to sleep in it. (laughs) Yeah. And not just because of that, but also because, you know, there haven't been a lot of hunters. There haven't been a lot of stuff. And where we're going, I wouldn't be surprised to have a bear at night or something, you know, sure, black bear or something like that. And I, I just thought, yeah, I just, I'll ease into this a little bit easier, you know, and it might make camp in a little bit. I may take the tent along and we'll see. But, you know, I could easily stretch out and be as comfortable in my own rig. Mm-hmm. But the the motions of just you know fighting that thing i've had people say well i would have just got up and left and i'm going like really <laughs> in the middle of it screaming or afterwards you're going to drive in the dark not knowing what's out there in a pothole you know out the sticks road you know at the middle of the night mm-hmm. no <laughs> you know <laughs> so I wish I was as good a storyteller as Ira, but I feel better. I feel better telling you. Well, good. When you said it was like 17 seconds, was that like just one scream? One solid scream. Wow. 17 seconds. That's some serious lung capacity. And then it would quit for like three, about three, four seconds, and then it would just light out again. Mm. And I mean, just you know, just this big, deep scream. And it just, I mean, it just, it, it just makes me want to, since Jill's even thinking about it. I mean, it just, it, you just couldn't do anything. Yeah. You know, there's part of me that desperately wanted to record it. And so did Ira, but neither one of us wanted to even move. I mean, he's just sitting there and just playing there in his cot. And he said, you know, Mikey's underneath the cot, and he said, you know, he's a little more calm probably than I was, but uh, he's, I lost track of how many seconds. He was the one who really told me that he counted it all out really mm. well. Wow. Because he's been through, you know, martial law and a lot of other stuff and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, some heavy-duty things, and I had just never been through something quite like this. But I, like I said, I been up to the forest before never heard anything like that well I'm, about did you say this is about a year ago for you yeah it's about a year ago uh in fact uh, in a couple of days it'll be uh it'll it'll be the same time next year that i'm headed up into <laughs> a place that's probably about six seven miles south of there he's got his recording set up nice. where he can record it this time Good. Yeah, and uh, he's got his plaster stuff ready in case we find a footprint. But I told him, I said, if we run across a pentagram, I'm leaving. (laughs) 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 You know, five years ago, I would have said there's no connection between those two things. But uh, the further I get into this, I'm not going to say there is a connection, but I just have to say, I wonder. I wonder if there's not a connection between those two things. About last August, I was camping, and I was woken up by wooden knocks. Oh, okay. 
Now we were six miles from anywhere. There was, and we had walked around all day. We wanted to, we wanted to make sure there was not to make sure there was nobody around, but we wanted to check to see if there was anybody else around just cause right. we, you know, we had our stuff there and we were going off for hiking and leaving our campsite and stuff. We just wanted to know who was around. There was nobody there. There was nobody else there. Right. Yeah. And woken up by wood knocks and, uh, I thankfully had enough clarity of mind to reach over. I, I had a recorder with me and hit record on it. So I got him recorded, but I know exactly what you mean about, I, I luckily my investigation partner, Chad was there. So I, I didn't right. face it alone, but I was up a little while before he woke up and, and listening to these knocks go off and they were, you know, 50, a hundred yards away from the tent. They were loud. They were loud and, and they were being answered from a different direction. You can actually, if you look at the audio file, it's a stereo audio file. You can actually see one knock in one channel is loud, you know, it's louder in one channel. And then the other knock, the answering knock is, is louder in the other channel. You can kind of see them go back and forth. It's it's pretty amazing. So something with hands was in there, yeah. you know, smacking oh, yeah. something. And I was just like, I felt so alone. I kind of, I'm not going to say I know exactly how you felt, but I kind of imagine something like that. Cause I'm just in my tent. I'm literally shivering, not out of coldness. I'm it's just like complete right. here. Like, right. And finally I hear Chad stir and he, I think he said, did you hear that? And I said, did I hear that? I said, I, I said, it's been going on a while. Uh, thankfully he woke up and, and, you know, we, we were able to, you know, get up and then we recorded some, some distant screams. Uh, I don't think it's anything like what you heard. These sound more like, I guess what they call the Ohio how the one that sounds like a, right, right. Like a claxon kind of a, siren. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of whoops and stuff too and yeah yeah but uh boy i i know that that you just feel so alone and, and there's just a little layer of nylon between you and the outside world with the tent right i could look up i was on the side and i could look up through the top tent flap and the and the tent there's a like a little mesh screen part and i could look out there and see this one tree and that was about it and i was thinking yeah, pretty defenseless, you know. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I had the whole the the rain fly was off, so I, I, it was just mesh on the one side. And I'm just thinking, like, please, whatever it is, I don't I don't know if I can handle seeing this. Like, don't don't right. <laughs> don't bend over and look in my tent or anything. Cause, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I I, I was kind of like, you know, as long as it doesn't mess with the cars, we'll be all right. You know, we each took our own just in case we one of us had problems. But I think a lot of people in that campground just decided they'd they had heard enough and lit out quick the next morning. Wow. Uh, but quiet. I mean, I didn't hear people <laughs> talking to themselves. See. Yeah, I, I I don't even have a doorbell at my house. I mean, <laughs> my dog is just like, you know, the miniature poodles are like that, you know, and he's half miniature poodle. And he just would, you know, usually will go off at some kind of disturbance, but he slept that entire night when we were in bed. He, even after I got up to go to the bathroom, he put his head right back in my armpit. Mm. Yeah, that's... Uh, he's never done that. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, who can say what it was, but certainly the reports of uh, the way dogs react to, you know, Sasquatch or these Sasquatch-like creatures, if there's more than one thing out there, 
that is very consistent with with the other reports that the, the uh, dogs dogs will you know your braver dogs might bark at first but it, they will all it seems like eventually back down and just kind of get into that whimper thing that you know people will talk about right you know, super tough pit bulls and stuff that just crawl under the house and like they want nothing yeah to with it, nothing to do with it yeah it, it's uh uh one of those things that you know, I, I thought, well, you know, well, Mikey's not barking. The, you know, shepherd, the couple shepherds that we saw down at the other campsite, they weren't barking. And there was another mutt not far away, and it wasn't barking. And, and the baby wasn't crying. And I, I was just like, whoa, you know, this is, you know, it would be one thing of just me and Ira, but to have all these people. And I would have loved to have talked to one of them. Mm-hmm. But they were gone. <laughs> I mean, you know, as it was, I think they were in more of a hurry than us to, to get out of there. And with us, we, we kind of hung around, but we were pretty tired. And I, I knew I had to go back to work. And, you know, it was kind of a, like I said, it was kind of a grisly morning. And on second, when I think about it later, I thought, hell, maybe we should have taken an hour and just walked around and walked up there. But, I think there's something in the back of our heads too that said, let's just get out of here. (laughs) Wow. Well, good luck on your return trip. Yeah. If we have any more uh, encounters this time, I'll uh, definitely let you know. I almost had Ira with me when I did this, but I just had too much to do today. And, you know, I think uh, he had something going on in Mount Angel. So, but well, give him our best on your case. I will. And, uh, I will. Yeah, keep us posted. If you run into anything else, we'd love to hear about it. Oh, we'll do. We'll do. We'll do. Well, thank you. Thank you, Chris. You know what I did today? <laughs> <laughs> seems like a loaded question. I took a shower. Good for you. I took a shower. Out on a, on a Wednesday? And you know what I used? What did you use? I used soap. That's amazing. It's a brave new world. The soap I use is from Karmic Garden. They're our friends, and they make awesome soaps. Scented hand sanitizers. They make natural cleaners, candles, beard balm, and more. Karmic Garden. They're on Etsy. Etsy.com slash shop slash Karmic Garden. Or you can just look Karmic Garden one word up. On Etsy, their shop should come up. Trusted remedies made from Mother Nature. Karmic Garden. And sweet people. All right, so we got a bit of a wild man story here. How can you be a bit of a wild man? I feel like you need to commit. You're either a wild man or you aren't. Well, I think he's a wild man. Okay. But he's not a Bigfoot. Let's put it like that. Okay. This story came up when I was researching some other stuff in the Cincinnati Inquirer. It's from March 11th, 1895. The headline got me. Running Bill the Graveyard Wizard. I'm in. I'm in it at that point. Yeah. However, read further into this. This guy sounds like a bit of an American Springheel Jack. Again, this is from the Cincinnati Inquirer, March 11th, 1895. Running Bill, the graveyard wizard, he is fleeter than a running horse, and it is impossible to capture him. 
He scales high fences, shoots through hedges, and wades marshy marges with cat-like agility. An Indiana community alarmed over the startling antics of a raw-boned wild man. See, he's, he's a raw-boned wild man. I would like to have a picture of this man. Trust me, I would like to have a picture of this man, too. In fact, <laughs> this is number one priority on your photo searching from okay. here on out. Get me a picture. Of as many graveyard wizards as possible. Of, uh, yeah, absolutely. And especially running Bill. Crown Point, Indiana, March 10th. Residents in and around the western portion of the city, near Wise's brick-making establishment, have been thrown into great excitement for the past five days over the appearance of a supposed wild man. He has made his headquarters in an old deserted graveyard, a quarter of a mile from the public square. He was first noticed there about 10 o'clock Tuesday night by some parties returning from church. They walked nearer to him, and he darted away with the speed of a running horse and leaped over barbed wire fences five feet high with ease. Nothing strange was thought of until he appeared in the graveyard Thursday and Friday nights and acted the same way. He was driven away as before, and late last night he again appeared on the spot and first visited the neighbor's chicken coops, and going so far as to enter one man's house, he ransacked the house and left, not laying hands on an article. He was then heard over in the graveyard, his usual haunt. He had by this time a posse watching him. He was in the act of nailing up a sign when the crowd ran toward him. When with about 40 feet of him, he dropped his sign and started away like a flash. Fences were jumped as if they were a foot high. And when he would come to hedge fences and hazel bushes in the woods, he would dive through them as if diving in water, leaving fragments of his clothes behind. The chase lasted up to 2 o'clock in the morning. He made a complete circle of the city and then started west, and his followers close behind. When he arrived at the lake swamp, he jumped into mud and water up to the breast and went through in short order. He was followed three miles west of here, and owing to his great speed, was lost. He's about six and a half feet tall and very lean, and those who followed him in the chase last night say no running horse could beat him. His leaps are about 14 feet at every jump. It cannot be explained by anyone. On an average, he has been chased 15 miles nightly. The case will be watched, and a capture of the exciting individual will be tried. He dresses with common clothes and does not wear the ghost clothes. <laughs> this morning, the sign which he attempted to nail up was found and it threatened the lives of Harry Tremper and Henry Wise Jr., two young boys here. It was covered with daggers, skulls, crossbones, and not a word was spelled correctly. It was signed, Running Bill. In all his visits, he has never been heard to speak a word. He apparently knows how to work a myth, though. Some personal myth-making is in action. What do they mean by ghost clothes? He doesn't wear the ghost clothes. He's not in a sheet. I guess, but I mean... He's just wearing did, his regular clothes. Did they think he would be? I don't know. Anyway, it just has a very uh, spring Hill Jack kind of feel to it, mm -hmm. doesn't it? It does. It sounds exactly like those articles. Yeah, he's jumping fences and running and I, at the speed of a and horse. And I do wonder how much people, you know, if you if you think someone's tall, it's always like just a little bit taller than the tallest person you know. Or if they're jumping really high, it's just a little bit higher than the, mm -hmm. the tallest amount that you could possibly think was reasonable. So... Did a further search. Three years later, the Indianapolis News, 22nd of September, 1898. A queer insane man, special to the Indianapolis News, Crown Point, Indiana, September 22nd. An insane man, known only as Running Bill and The Mummy, you got another cool name, 
Graveyard Wizard Running Bill and the Mummy. Sorry. An insane man known only as Running Bill and the Mummy escaped from the county asylum yesterday and is still at large. He had been in the asylum about six months and during the time never said a word or hardly ever moved from the position he was placed in by Superintendent Emmerling. The authorities have made a thorough search but cannot locate him. He is as fleet on foot as a running horse and was nicknamed Running Bill on that account. Physicians say he is the queerest insane person they ever knew. I'm sure they knew plenty, too. And he didn't say a word. I feel like if you... Usually when you open your mouth, (laughs) that puts you on another level. So that's all I could find on Running Bill. I'm looking for more. I know there were were Spring-Heeled Jack sightings in America. Mm -hmm. People... I'm thinking that this is the kind of person that would become sort of an urban legend in that area. So if there are people that are close to Crown Point, Indiana, I'd love to hear if they've ever heard of something similar. Yeah. Because if, you know, if there's a, a mummy or something in their, right, or in their vague memory from graveyard childhood. Wizard, graveyard wizard. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that that's, that has some staying power. Yeah. People remember that man. So we are definitely looking for more on Running Bill, the graveyard wizard, the mummy. Or American spring Jacks. Absolutely. Go ahead and point us that way if you have any. Very excited to find that article. So it was really cool. Excited that we have, again, not just spring Jack came to America, but we have our own sort of American spring Jack and running bill. I'm sure there's plenty of others as well. Mm-hmm. People able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> Those kind of people. Well, exactly. Isn't that what we said about spring Jack? He was almost like a proto-superhero mm-hmm. in a way. If you have a puppy and you need help with your puppy, you need 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy, go to sithappens.us, look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. They can help you with things like mouthing and biting, potty training your puppy, if your puppy's got fear and nervousness issues, barking, if your puppy's chewing on furniture or shoes or other things it shouldn't be chewing on, they can help you with crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. I might want to join just because I liked watching the videos of the puppies going through the agility tests. We can see those and many more. Uh-huh. If you join 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy, you get their online sources, which video lessons. You get to join their secret Facebook group with a lot of other puppy owners who are learning things just like you. They have one-on-one options available. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy has a relationship-based approach. They help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. Look for that 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. So I got a longer list of donations than usual. Mm-hmm. Some of these people, I think, were tips from the Strange Realities Conference. They They're still me going to mention. They're still going to get a mention because when it comes into the PayPal I can't tell the difference between the donations to the podcast and the tips from the conference. So I'd like to thank Maura M, Douglas B, Dylan S, and Tracy R for their kind donations. Thank you so much. It's a huge help. I also want to thank our patrons, without whom we could not make Strange Familiars. If you want to help us continue to make Strange Familiars and get extra shows, you can become a patron at Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. You can see all the different levels of support there. 
I will say that special show I mentioned earlier, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a patron element to that too. So there's going to be a main show and then a adjunct. There's going to be kind of an, an adjunct uh, patron episode to kind of go along with it. So we sometimes do that for patrons. Sometimes we give them entirely new episodes. Sometimes we do both. Probably will you do a Halloween show and a regular patron episode. Oh, we could do a Halloween show. We always do. Looking forward to all of that. Again, if you want to help us, you can become a patron at Patreon. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon and you want to help with a one-time donation, check out the show notes under any episode at strangefamiliars.com. Look for the paypal.me link. Everyone can help, of course, by sharing the show on social media by liking and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and by leaving us those nice five-star reviews because that helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. She looks like she's been beamed down or she's in the process of being beamed down by the transporter beam. Yeah, and she's a little in between. This is the photo of the week for this week. Is that Cork, Ireland? It is. This is Brother Richard's area of the world. (laughs) At least a lot closer than we are. A lot closer than we are, yeah. Paris Photographic Studio in Cork. Yeah. That's where it's from. So this is a cabinet card of a woman. She has a fan. She's holding a prop fan. But she does look as if she's sort of materializing or dematerializing. Yeah, my suspicion is that this might have been a copy of an earlier photo. Oh, okay. And so the earlier photo might have had some degradation to begin with, which when copied just turns into this really neat effect where it looks like she's sort of in between worlds, which I really like. Sometimes, you know, not to paraphrase Bob Ross, but there are such things as happy accidents in photos, too. And um, I think she's a really neat example of such, so... Yeah, it's really, really kind it's of a, cool like effect. a gilt edge cabinet card with interesting backmark too. That um, Paris Photographic Studio is more unusual. I don't tend to get a lot of European cards, but I did get a a, a volume of really interesting Irish carts to visit and cabinet cards, and this is one of them. Awesome! You can check it out in the show notes for this episode. You can click on that; it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this photo for thirteen dollars. There are still a few other photos of the week there. You can check them out. And there's artwork there by me, different price ranges. You can pre-order apparitions, my new art book. uh, A lot of new sizes of t-shirts have come in as well. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, we restocked the Strange Familiar shirts. So every size at at this moment. At this moment. (laughs) At this moment. Every size from small to 3X is available. Those 3Xs tend to go quick. But right now we've got every size from small to 3X. Strange Familiar shirts, and we're adding new stuff to the Etsy store every week, usually. Links in the show notes, shop names Lost Grave, or you can just search Strange Familiars on Etsy. It should come up. I don't know how many people attended Strange Realities last week, virtually attended. I literally can't see, because I'm, <laughs> I'm just talking to a computer screen. But uh, There were throngs. I have it I, on good authority. There were throngs. There were a good many people there. But I think my speech went well. I'm hoping to do more of these virtual conferences. I think it's there's a certain, I guess, egalitarian nature to them. Because, you know, Strange Realities last year was in Nashville. Not everyone can get to Nashville. Not everyone can get to Nashville. Not everybody can get off for the weekend from work. You exactly. Know, Not everyone can get to Columbia for Alba Twitch Day when we have that. These virtual conferences are kind of nice. I mean, people from all over the world gather. 
And there's usually a component afterwards where you kind of hang out and chat with people as well. So it's, you know, it's not quite the same. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I certainly enjoy when there's not a pandemic, enjoy shaking hands yeah. and talking to people and meeting people face to face. But obviously, we can't really do too much of that right now. In lieu of that, that does feel like it, it does foster at least some kind of community. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. And, and again, not ideal, but... and some of these people you'd never get a chance to talk to anyway. There was yeah. somebody, I think, who said, look, I live in Canada. I would have never been able to come to this, mm-hmm. but I was able to come to this because you did it virtually. So I think next year they're going to do it in person and virtual. They're going to do a combination thing. I think they're going to uh, stream the in-person stuff. They're going to have people come in virtually. I think that's a great idea moving forward. Certainly as long as we're dealing with this stupid pandemic stuff, it's a great option. Thanks to everybody who showed up for that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my speech. It was on disappearing evidence and the Bigfoot phenomenon, kind of a preview of Where the Footprints End, Volume 2, which is also coming soon. Just because the art book came out doesn't mean that's not on the way. We're working hard on that. Still on track, hopefully, by Christmas. I'm doing my best on that. Wilderness Geist Pandemonium. I finished up the audio on that. Got to do a little tweaking, a little kind of uh, mastering, mixing kind of work on that. But it's pretty much ready to go. So that's coming up soon as well. So a lot of big things coming up. Also the, the special Strange Familiars episode. That's unlike any other Strange Familiars episode. That'll be coming up. Maybe it's like other Strange Familiars <laughs> It's hard to say. It's different in a different way. I don't, I don't know without giving it away what we're doing. I don't know what how to describe it, but uh, it's a different format. That's coming up as well. I guess that's all the news we have now. We'll be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. You can find more at stonebreath.bandcamp.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. And we're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. And the red and blue.
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.